0: healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hello, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tova Cito. I am so happy to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Eve and I'm so excited. I love Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, Tova.
0: Merry Christmas, Kev. I sure love you and appreciate you. I love you too. <laughs> it's been such a fun year. Who would have known that we would have so much fun together?
1: And we'd have so many episodes. I today, know,
0: right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, So, uh, today's episode is sponsored by a dear friend of mine who made an incredibly generous contribution to The Remedy, my friend Brittany Crow, Brittany, thank you so much for such a generous and kind and thoughtful uh, contribution for supporting The Remedy and for all of our listeners who... Uh, who give and donate and help um, keep this thing alive and and keep Kevin paid. Yes, thank you. (laughs) It's really all about Kevin getting paid. <laughs> he is expensive. I am not. <laughs> to me, I'm very cheap. No, for for what you do, I should definitely be paying you a whole lot more. <laughs> so I'm very grateful.
1: Well, thank you, Tova. I'm grateful for you as well.
0: And um, and thank you, Brittany Crow, for for um for the contribution. And if you yes, are interested. Thank you, and contributing to The Remedy and keeping us alive in, in 2019, we would love and appreciate your support. It's easy to do. You just go to Tobacito.com click on The Remedy, and click on Make a Contribution. Easy peasy. So, that is the sound of Kevin <laughs> cracking open a beer. I turned my <laughs> mic off first. It came through on my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're not so sly.
1: <laughs> no, not at all.
0: Uh, this is our fourth podcast recording today, so he deserves it. Yes. Very few jobs. You're having can one you... as well. Yeah. No. 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 For sure. But very <laughs> few jobs can you get like paid w- and drink at the same time? That's very true. Definitely so, a perk. Yeah, it's just a perk for you, Kev. Um, okay, so today I'm doing something a little bit different, kind of what like similar to what I did over Thanksgiving. Um, I thought it might be fun to reflect on some of the important lessons that I've learned or have been reminded of this year. I thought that might be a fun little one-off to do uh, for the holiday season. You know, this time of year is just really easy to um, to think about the year and. You know, sometimes it's a lot of fun to think about your year if you've had an amazing year. And sometimes it's like, whew, I'm going to be really excited for that calendar to turn. Um, and um, I mean, I'd, I've had a great year. I'm thankful for so many things this year. And it was really fun making this list. You know what? When I sat down to do this, I thought, um, I thought, God, this is probably going to take a while. And it literally took me like two minutes to write out this list. It took no time at all, um, which I'm excited about. So I'm excited to share with all of you um, important lessons I've learned or have been reminded of this year. I have 27 of them, Kevin, so I better talk fast. Yeah. It's no short stop. list. I know. It's no short list. Um, so the first one is... The first lesson that I was really, I I really have to say I've learned this one this year. I I wasn't reminded of it. I learned that gratitude changes you. So I have a gratitude journal. I start every day with a five-minute journal, and it starts out with you have to write down three things that you're grateful for. And I've been doing it for probably two or three years now, and I don't, I really don't miss. I love it so much. But I read, um, I read a book earlier in the year. I love to read, and it talked all about like what gratitude does to your brain, and there is like scientific evidence that if you are anxious or depressed, or um, or just going through a very difficult time, that if you spend uh, five minutes every single morning and five minutes every single night reflecting on what you have to be grateful for that that, that it's scientifically proven that something in our brain, the chemistry of our brain changes, and it can change the trajectory of your life. And so I've lived it for a long time, but I, I like actually learned that, like why I love it so much. And I really do believe that gratitude changes you. So that's my numero uno. If you want, the five minute journal. I mean, it's so easy to get, You go to amazon.com. It is, it literally, they should call it the three minute journal because it takes no time at all. But it really, I start at my every single day, um, with it. And it, I just, I absolutely love it. And you can be grateful for your pillowcase, for your bed, for coffee, for Kevin, for <laughs> the remedy, <laughs> for your children. Um, it's just simple things for a small, Small eight-fluid-ounce can of Miller Lite. <laughs> 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 um, okay, number two. If you don't tell people what you need, they will never have the opportunity to give it to you. Uh, I think for a long time in my life, I was scared to need something because I didn't want to be needy. And uh, And I think we all—well, I don't even think. I know— We all need stuff. We need love. We need affection. We need appreciation. We need attention. Um, We need need to be appreciated. I mean, there's just so many things that we need as people, and, and that is okay. And if you don't tell people what you need, then they will never have the opportunity to give it to you. So don't be afraid to tell people what you need. Number three it's good to mix it up with exercise. So I've, I've learned this this year, because I used to be like, kind of a Nazi about my exercise, like I had to fill in the blank, whether it was I had to go to yoga, or I had to run six miles, or I had to, you know, I had a, I had an idea in my mind of what I had to do. And if I didn't do that, then I felt, uh, I felt bad, or I felt like I didn't accomplish what I set out to do, or I've, I felt, I just didn't feel good about myself. So this year um, I took a full-time job at a, an incredible company called Wisteria. And, but a full-time job is a full-time job. And I just haven't had the time to, to invest in exercise and, and do, I, I, I don't have as much free time. And so I've had to like make do with with the time that I do have. So, and I have given myself finally a lot of grace with that. So I, um, I think you need to mix it up with exercise and be kind to yourself. Hey, a little bit is better than nothing. So even if you only have time for a little bit, go for it. Uh, number four, reading makes you smarter and enriches your life. I just, I think reading, if I, you know what, I don't even think I would date someone who wasn't a reader because I think it, it and I, I hope I, you know, die with a, with a book on my bedside table because I just think it makes you more interesting. I think it makes you smarter. I think it makes your vocabulary more interesting. I think reading makes everybody smarter and enriches your life. So if you're not reading, maybe that's a good goal for the next year. Um, number five, women should be other women's greatest cheerleaders. And I, I have learned this several ways over the last couple of years. Um, probably the biggest impact to me was, um, I got to speak at a women's event, uh, called Camp Well that a dear friend of mine, uh, Jen, I, I, I just love her so much. She just married a, a an incredible man named Rhett this year. And she started this this amazing camp for women. It's called Camp Well. And it was there I learned. I mean, I've, I, I think I've always tried to be a cheerleader of other women, but I've learned there how to be intentional about being your friends' cheerleaders, your friends' businesses' cheerleaders, and to really show up for women. Um, man, women can be tough on other women. But I think women should be other women's greatest cheerleaders. And I think that, go, oh, just if you have girlfriends who do stuff, show up and get out there and, and, and cheer them on. It's, it's an amazing, I, I mean, when my friends cheer me on, nothing feels better. So it's awesome. All right, number six. Every part of life is a season and whatever season you are in, it really isn't going to last forever. And I... <laughs> I have learned this so much being a mom. You know, when when I first adopted my kids eight years ago, they were six, six, and five, and that was just craziness. I mean, it was crazy, chaotic, and loud, and movement, and uh, just pure chaos, and it felt like it was going to last forever, and because it felt like it was going to last forever, I think... I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I could have. But if I had realized in those moments that <laughs> this was just a season, um, then I think I would have just, I think I would have really embraced that season more. So if you can just look at, at, you know, now they're teenagers and I'm trying really hard to embrace that season. You know, they don't, they don't need me as much, um, but they, they need me differently. And so I'm enjoying that season. So whatever, Whatever season you are in, um, for for all the good, enjoy it. But for all the bad, just remember it's it's not going to last forever. Number seven, uh, real love is hard work, but that work has the power to help you become the person that you are created to be. I really believe that um, that real love, like I'm talking about, a romantic love real love is, is hard work. You know, I, I used to think that if you were in love, um, then it would be so easy (laughs) that, uh, that it would, it wouldn't require effort and you would never fight. And, um, and, and, you know, it'd be sunshine and rainbows and butterflies, but you know what? I just don't think real love is like that. I think real love requires vulnerability and honesty and, I think real love requires hard things. Do you think that, Kev? Do you think real love requires hard work? Is uh, that for you? Absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, of course, certain things are going to come naturally. And, you know, people always say, and it sounds cheesy, that, that when you know you know with the right person, and it is totally true, but even when you finally have that right person who's, you know, your soulmate that you click with, that's your best friend that you want to be with forever, there are still struggles that you have, that you have to work yeah. at, things within yourself that you have to address or things with the other person. And, of course, if anyone tells you that their relationship is all sunshine and rainbows and not hard work, then they're lying, yeah, 100%. That
0: couple's probably going to get divorced. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> somebody's in denial. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I've learned a lot uh, through counseling about about stages of love. And, and I've, I've, I've learned like, there's this, there's three, allegedly there's three phases or three stages of love. And the first is infatuation. And then there's this pain cycle, the struggle cycle, and then there's the healing. And, um, that most couples don't make it out of the pain cycle or the struggle cycle. Um, that they stay there, and either they stay there and they break up, and they don't make it, or they stay there and they just end up, you know, never really working through their pain or their struggles. So the, you know, we all know couples who are fighting 15 years into their marriage about the same thing that they were fighting about in the first year of sure. their marriage. <laughs> so anyway, um, I just I have learned that like running from the struggle is not the answer. And if you like really work through it, um, then you really can find this like beautiful, healing, lasting love. So I think real love is hard work. Totally worth it, but hard work. Number eight, taking care of yourself is not selfish ever. Um, I just don't think that taking care of yourself is selfish at all. I think you should exercise. I think you should eat well. I think you should take time for yourself. I think you should go on vacation away from your children. I think that you should totally, just totally take care of yourself. And that, that means you need to get a babysitter. And that means you you need to leave your kids and all that, like go, just take care of yourself. It's not selfish. Uh, number nine, collagen vitamins work. (laughs) <laughs> Do you even know what I'm talking about? Kevin? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so does,
1: does that surprise you? I know.
0: <laughs> I know. So there is this vitamin that I learned about from uh, from the girls who own the gem, Mary Catherine, being one of them, one of my dearest, bestest friends of all all time, and they told me you got to get collagen vitamins, and so I always obey what they say. But I'm telling you. These things work, so do I need those? Well, they you're young, you're 33. <laughs> I'm 47, and they they help your skin, they help your hair, they help your nails, they help you. Just I don't know. They they really they I, I really don't know what's in, in them, but I know that it works. That Apparently, it works? there's a powder too. I haven't gotten into that, but yeah. All right. but I believe in them. So if you're not taking a collagen vitamin, go to the gym at Luther or Forest and load up. You, you won't regret it. Number 10, if you don't fix yourself, it doesn't matter who you're in a relationship with, because as Confucius says, no matter where you go, there you are. So take time to fix yourself. I totally believe in therapy. And I believe regardless of your upbringing or your background um, or your present state, whether it's you're in Hell, or this is the best day you've ever had,
1: or spirituality. I mean, just yeah, doesn't you know, there's just it doesn't even factor there. Yeah,
0: yes, could not agree more. Yes, you got to fix yourself, regardless. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people think that, like, if if you just you know, you quit your job or you move cities or or you break up, like, then the problem will go away. But if the problem is you... (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Temporary solution to to a bigger problem.
0: Yes. I I once heard one, my pastor, he gave a sermon um, about how if you're depressed and you go check into the mansion, you're just depressed in a room at the mansion. Right. (laughs) Like it's not going (laughs) to change. That is so true. Yep. So take time to fix yourself. Um, Invest in yourself. Number 11, there comes a time when your child's needs change and all you need to do is embrace it. Um, I think there have been times where my like my like I said, my children are now teenagers and they just need me differently than they did when they were you know when they were six and five I had to be like, did you brush your teeth? and they don't need me to ask well sometimes i still need to ask that question <laughs> but uh they just need me differently and instead of fighting it um i'm just trying to embrace it and just meet them where they are because it's it's natural right if you're like raising your kids right they should they should be spreading wings and moving on yeah
1: it's one of those things that you know is totally (laughs) natural and normal and good but on some level and i'm not a parent so i can't speak personally but it kind of bums you out right for sure don't you kind of wish they needed you in the old ways sometimes you know and i mean it's it's fun watching them grow up and everything but
0: yes when it's friday night and they're all gone and you're home because you know i'm divorced so i have my kids every other weekend and when it's my weekend i like want to be home because it's my weekend and then i'm like oh wait <laughs> they're all gone <laughs> and then you pine for the days when
1: they were everyone was there all the time
0: <laughs> yes so it's just different and that's okay it's 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 all it's all part of life um number 12 never lose yourself in someone else you know um i that, i think this is a good one
1: i've let it happen to myself for sure I-
0: every single person who's listening to this podcast has done that and i think it you know why i think it's because we get in that infatuation phase Absolutely. of the of a relationship and we think this is the greatest thing that's ever happened and we haven't had enough time with them to like it hasn't actualized and we haven't seen the negative and we haven't seen the hard and and so we just oh uh, we just lose ourselves you and, let it consume you yeah and it's so unhealthy and um, so it's just, you know, I, I kind of picture myself in like a circle. And, you know, I, if I'm dating someone or with someone, I, I want to share part of my circle with them, but they, right. they, they don't get my circle. Yeah. And I don't want theirs actually yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> so never lose yourself in someone else. And if you have, like, just, Get into therapy and figure out, like, find your space. Get get your space back um, because it's really important that uh, that you are most important to you outside of, in my opinion, God. Um, speaking of number thirteen, having a spiritual experience doesn't take a church. D- doesn't it? Doesn't require a church? Um, you know, I. I have so many beautiful spiritual experiences and and they they do not take place at church I mean they have and they do but they don't have to and um, yeah I, I would
1: kind of think that's where you get the tools and yeah. for to process and understand when those kinds of things happen in the reg you know
0: That's a good way to say it. I'm
1: asking, I mean, because I'm curious, because I'm not the most religious guy, but you know, spiritual, so.
0: Yes. Well, I think, I think what you say is really good. Like, like church offers, it's, it's information, and, and, and it, it does, it gives you great tools to recognize the, the spiritual experiences that are happening in your life. I mean, I have, I've had spiritual experiences on a walk and by myself in the morning. I've had it with a You know, lunch with a friend, uh, with uh, on a phone call with my brother. Like, I mean, I think God is everywhere and in everyone and in everything. And so, I think that if we are open to where He is and who He is and how He can manifest um, in our lives, I don't. I I think if we put Him in a place, um, then we limit our exposure to Him.
1: To you, though, just out of curiosity, is that a requisite for a spiritual experience that you feel the presence of God?
0: Going to church? What do you mean?
1: Um, th- that you're able to realize and acknowledge a spiritual experience, um, but is it required, you know, is it for you personally, is it a requisite that, you know, th- is that how you kind of define a spiritual experience, is that you feel the presence of God?
0: Ooh. Um. Ooh. That's a really good question, Kev. <laughs> Sorry, did you... No, I yes, I would. I think I would have to say yes. I think that that we experience. I I think that anything that's supernatural, um, or spiritual uh, of spiritual nature, for me comes from God. It comes from God. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like that, um, and and. I'm not trying to. I, I I won't ask you, but
1: I would say uh, me too. Honestly. Oh, you would you? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I and and you know I I think that like for me like when you have a spirit spiritual experience like for me uh, like I know when I'm experiencing Tova and I know when I'm experiencing something greater than Tova. Right.
1: A higher power. A
0: higher power, and for me that is God. And and like woo, like it's that it's that rush of peace or beauty or uh, or a word you yeah. know somebody says something and you're like wow that or a circumstance like a random circumstance that doesn't make sense 100% you know that, yep. that 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 is like wow that 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 is god showing up in in my in my life um i thought you were saying do i feel like I thought you were asking me, do Do I believe that you have to go to church? Oh, like, no, going no. to church is a prerequisite in order to have a spiritual experience. Right. That's what I thought you were asking, which I don't believe. <laughs> uh, do you
1: ever have—I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get no, hung up on the on. spiritual yeah. experience thing,
0: I, I'm, Yes, go.
1: Do you have moments where um, you feel like it was a sign or a message from someone you knew who has passed away when you have a spiritual experience? You know, I mean, it still ties into that presence of God, but do you ever feel the presence of someone— I
0: 1,000% do. Me too. Do you? Mm-hmm. Who do you feel?
1: It's It's been strange ones. Um, About a little over a year ago, back in, in October of last year, my mom's, uh, who, her best friend, who was like my second mom, mm-hmm. passed away. And it was really bad. Uh, I was in the hospital every day for two weeks mm-hmm. up until the appointment. I was in the room when she actually passed. And it was just really, really rough. But I wanted to be there for my mom and for their family and everything. And after it was all over, we had had the funeral and... um everything was, was was finished basically when we have at their house and uh, I, I had been really frustrated because for about two months my Bluetooth wouldn't work in my car so I couldn't connect to like any of my stuff and it was really frustrating but I just got used to it I and mean, this had been going on for months and I was leaving their house uh, the day the the woman who passed I've been was there helping the family out with things and we were all wrapped up all the relatives were going out of town and I was heading back to Addison and I got in my car and It was just totally silent because I didn't feel like trying to find someone on the radio. My Bluetooth doesn't work. So I'm just driving quietly, and I said to myself, wow, this has been a really rough couple of weeks. And literally the second I finished saying that, my my music kicked on, like out of nowhere. And I'm like, that's just too weird to be a coincidence. And like, I felt the presence of wow. my mom's friend who had just recently passed. Wow. And I, I'm not a guy who usually, you know, buys into stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I'm like, okay, that was that was definitely something. Like, that's it was really just weird. Beautiful. It was almost like she did that, like, mm-hmm. gave me a break, you know, like, just my music clicked on. It was really weird.
0: I don't believe that that is a coincidence at all. You think and- there's no way? Oh, I think there's a that's hundred percent that that she was oh, there.
1: You think there's no way that it was just coincidence? Yeah,
0: I do not think that that was coincidence. So, so we're going off on a tangent here, but I really want to share this story with you, Kev. Yes, please do. Um, and it's uh, I the I it's it's strange that you bring up a story about a car and music. So right after my son died, Charlie. This is two thousand three. He passed away August thirty first, two thousand three. Um, I could not listen to music. Like, I mean... Just gun- too emotional? Guns or? and Roses would have made me cry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Guns and Roses might still make me cry. <laughs> 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 you know, they got some deep tracks. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, I could, not, I could not listen to music. And it was really difficult for me to be alone as well. And I, w- I was married at the time, and my husband went out of town, and I was petrified to be alone because the sadness and the quiet was so overwhelming and so I w- asked my sister if she would please meet me for dinner so I go and have dinner with my sister and um, I'm going home and I'm driving home and I decide because she lives in mckinney which is about a 30 40 minute drive from where I live yeah so I'm driving home it's dark it's night and I'm thinking okay I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try the radio. I'm just gonna give it a try. So I t- and it was just silent up until then. It was silent up until then. So I turn on the radio, and um, and I love country. And there's this country song called "One More Day." I think it's by Diamond Rio. Is that right?
1: God, I have no idea. Okay. my fiance would know. But yeah, not a-
0: I think it's Diamond. I think it's Diamond Rio, and it's a song called "One More Day," and it talks about one more day, one more time, one more. Sunset, uh, if I could just like look at you, if I could just have one more day with you, and then it would, and then it said, but it would leave me wishing for one more day with you. Like, if I had one more day with you, all it would do would, would leave me wishing for one more day with you, right? And I'm like, is this like a cruel joke that this song is on the radio? Like, of course, because all I'm thinking is
1: this was like a power poking me, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's I mean? like,
0: <laughs> uh, all, one more day, and so I'm sitting there and I just start. Weeping. I mean weeping because all I can think about is I'd give anything for one more day with Charlie. All of a sudden, I my mean, I I it was a Volvo. I, I had two hands on the steering wheel. The song g- the volume on the song goes up so high. Like the it it, yeah. the, it's, this it is gets v- louder and louder and louder and louder, and I'm crying harder and harder and I'm like, what is happening? I tried to turn it down. I could Nothing. not turn.
1: Okay, that is the that's volume
0: right. down, and it. I mean, I was like, okay, Charlie. I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And as as hard as I was crying because I would have given anything for one more day, it was like I knew he was yeah. saying, "Me too, mom." Like, and and it was undeniable. And so. A perfect example for both of us. How Absolutely, you don't have to have a sp- yes. go to church to have a spiritual experience. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent.
1: And apparently, the after people from the you know when they like to send a message, they, they prefer to yeah. do it through music or your speakers. Apparently, yeah. and nature. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I see, I see, I see evidence of my mom and my children all the time in nature.
1: My mom says that about her mom. Really? Yep.
0: Yeah, I think if we are looking. Um, they're there they are there, there. I really do. Thanks for sharing that, Kev. Yeah, no problem. I love sharing Thanks that for little sharing little your little moment as well. with with that with you. Um Okay, number fourteen. Uh podcasts are an incredible way to learn things you never knew really fast.
1: Oh, that is true. <laughs> totally.
0: It's like speed.
1: Yep. College, speak, dating, yeah.
0: Yes. like it is. It is cramming. I mean, it is. I have learned. You could
1: get a doctorate, I think, from YouTube and podcasts in a yes. week. If you, if yes. Yes.
0: I um. I mean, clearly, I love podcasts because I have one. But I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I am telling you, I, 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 think, I think it is like the way. I mean, it is just. It is. I think it, they're the best. I love them. Me too. Um. Uh, Obviously, I mean, outside <laughs> of the Remedy <laughs> and all the other ones you do, I don't know how you have time to listen to them.
1: <laughs> I, I always go back. and I mean, uh, a lot of times, even the same day that we've recorded, I'll, I'll go back and listen to yours.
0: Oh, well, I've, I've learned a lot. I love podcasts. Um, number 15, always show up for your friends. Always show up for your friends. And I have been reminded of this in so many ways because of the way that friends have shown up for me this year, but I have also had great opportunities to show up for my friends and, and there is just nothing, nothing like showing up for your friends. I mean, (coughs) Stacy, who, um, is on, who we recorded this morning talked about how important that is when we talked about girlfriends and, oh, there's just nothing like showing up for your friends. So whether you're a guy or a girl, Show up for your friends, for goodness sakes. Um, Number 16, you can be kind to your ex. Whether it's your ex-wife, your ex-husband, your ex-boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend. Like, regardless of what happened, regardless of the pain, regardless of whatever. Um, And now, I do think this has to be mutual. I think it's really difficult to be kind to someone who's not being kind to you. Um, but I believe that there is a way to be kind to your ex. I am divorced, and um, and my ex-husband and I are kind to each other. We really are kind to each other. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. Um, so it's really, I think it's really important especially if you've been married and you have children, uh, be kind. Be kind to your ex. Number 17, there's no replacement for having a relationship with God. We all have a God-sized hole and nothing, and no one can replace it. And until we fill that space with him, a part of us will always be empty. I really I believe that with everything inside of me. And, and let me tell you why I believe that we all have a God-sized hole that needs to be repl- that can only be filled with Him, and it's because I am living proof that um, that you can try, you can try to fill it with with other things. You can you can try all kinds of fun things to fill that space with where God belongs. But I um, I believe there's no replacement. That there's nothing and no one that can fill the space in our souls and our hearts god belongs you
1: can trick yourself though sometimes you can find something that might work for a little bit
0: oh it's very temporary Mm -hmm. it is very very it is very fleeting whether it's clothes or a guy or a girl or alcohol or i mean just pick a drug of your choice you know um (laughs) (laughs) but there is just no replacement for having a relationship with god uh number 18 we are all kids some of us are just in grown up bodies. So I would say never stop playing. Like never stop being a kid. Never stop enjoying life. Never. S- okay. So you hear that,
1: Elise? Tova says I should never get rid of my Xbox.
0: No. Let him keep his Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't actually <laughs> don't get rid of it. No. Like my my, uh, my dear friend, Mary Catherine, who I, I feel like I always talk about on this show, she has she has all these toys at her house and she has pickleball and she has a trampoline and she has a pool and she has a really fun workout room with like a ropes climb. And I mean, we, when I go to her house, it's rollerblading, it's knockout, it's trampoline. And I'm going to share something with you. That's probably way too much information, but whenever, because I've given birth to three children. Now, when I jump on a trampoline, I pee myself and <laughs> Aren't you glad you know that? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I, I pee myself. And so, but it's so hard because all I want to do is jump on the trampoline. So we were recently, my kids and I were recently. How did you discover this? Because my I, my kids, when we were, my kids were young, we had a trampoline. And, and I started jumping on it because I've always loved trampolines. Yeah. But I hadn't jumped on a trampoline in a while because, you know. For obvious single, reasons, right? yeah. It might be a little weird out the trampoline in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I adopted my kids, we got a trampoline, but I started jumping on it. I was like, "Crap!" Like I just <laughs> can't jump without peeing myself. So, <laughs> so I would always get the hose. I'm like, "Get the hose, mom's coming on the trampoline," so I could pee myself without it, like without having running, to worry about it running yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> so I was recently at Mary Catherine's with my kids, and they're all jumping on the trampoline and. All I wanted to do was get on the trampoline, but I like had good jeans on, and I didn't (laughs) want to piss my jeans. Yes, (laughs) and and I'm telling you, uh, George was like, "Mom, just come on, who cares?" And I was like, "Yeah, forget about it." And I just, I mean, I left Mary Catherine's, and I had pee all down (laughs) my jeans, (laughs) but I didn't care because I want to (laughs) jump. So. Never stop jumping on a trampoline and playing because it's inside of you. And if you're not doing it, you just you gotta let that go. You gotta let whatever insecurities or fear are holding you back. You're you're still a kid.
1: We Apparently, we never stop playing and we never stop wetting our
0: pants. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just really zoning in on that inner child. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You may be channeling
1: a bit a bit too much. <laughs>
0: Um, okay. Taking risks is always worth it. Even if you fail. Um, you know, I, uh, for, for, I mean, there've been so many things that I've started and have just, (laughs) they just did not work. Um, but then there's so many things that I've started and it, it did work and, and gosh, just never stop trying. Um, because it's, you will get it like whatever it is, you're going to get there. So take, take, take the risk, ask the girl out, start the business, quit the job, break up or, or ask her to marry you. Like just stop, stop living in all your fear and, um, and take the risk because it's always worth it. Number 20, judgment is one of the most hurtful things that you can place on someone. And it says so much more about you than the person or situation that you're judging. Um, I can be very judgmental. I know it, and it's it's something about me that I'm not proud of and that I don't like. But I've tried really hard this year to just let go of. Um, uh, you know, I I think there's I tend to think there's a right way, and I tend to think I'm right, and I tend to think that um, there's good and bad and, 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 and maybe there is, but I also think that there should be a lot more room for grace and love. And, um, you know, I've been judged, uh, and my relationships have been judged and my marriage was judged and my children have been judged and, and and all, every single time somebody ever judges me, it's just, it's so hurtful. And every time somebody, I judge someone, I need to remember how equally hurtful that is. And so just, let's just all be kinder and stop judging. I think it would just make the world such a better place. Number 21, there is no greater gift to the person in front of you than your presence. I feel very strongly about this. So I I just sort of hate my phone. I mean, I really hate phones when it comes to presence because I think that, like... God, we, could,
1: we could not agree more on this one. Really? Oh, yeah.
0: I, you know, when I am with people, I put my phone away. Like, if I'm at dinner, I put my phone away.
1: Oh, speci- a meal, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and my kids, too. Um, but even if I'm, like talking to you. Like, I try, and you know what, where I learned this was Tuesdays with Maury. Did you, do you know that book?
1: No. I mean, I know it, but I, I never read it.
0: Okay. So there's a guy named Mitch Albom who wrote a book called Tuesdays with Maury, and Maury is dying, and Mitch goes and spend Tuesdays with him to get kind of life advice, and Mitch was this, is the successful, he was like a sports commentator or writer, I don't know, but he was important. And he never, because he was so important, he never had time for anyone. And, and Maury, like that was one of his lessons on a Tuesday. Like when, when somebody comes in your office, talk to them, look at them in the eye, be present with them. Um, and I, I mean, I read this book uh, years and years ago, it was probably 19 no, it was probably 2001 or 2002 when I read this book. And I was working in a corporate job at the time, and I was very important, Kevin. And a big deal? Yeah, it was a very big deal. And I remember people would come into my office, and I would be like, I don't, like, why are they talking to me? Like, I would be annoyed. And I'm sure that I gave off the vibe yeah. that I was annoyed uh, because I was very important and I was very busy. And after I read that, I made a commitment to myself, okay, from now on, if somebody comes to my office, I will put down whatever I'm doing, and I will look at them, and I will give them my presence. Yeah. And- I love that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I didn't even have a cell phone back then, but I'm telling you, it's even worse. And like, if you are one of those people that is always looking at your phone when you're with other people, just stop. (laughs) Like <laughs> but this, this
1: is one of those things, though, that I've experienced with like, uh, my girlfriend, for example, and I'm sure you have with, with your kids um, or someone else you know. If we're, we're watching a movie or something, and she's on her phone, and she can tell she's just absolutely driving me crazy, and she's like, "Well, we've seen this a million times." I'm like, "That's not the point. Right. The point is right now. You know, we're doing something together." And a lot of the times, they're like, you're, "You know You're right," and we'll get off her phone. But it's like, I don't want you to get off your phone because I made a good point. I want you to want to not be on your phone. Right. Like, and, you
0: know, I want you to want to be with me. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, so I really, I really believe in the power of being fully present with whomever you are with in that moment. Like put your stuff down, look at people in the eye, listen to what they're saying. Um, and like be, be an active listener. Um, don't just be in the room. You know, it's just presence is such a gift. Um, number 22, you don't have to be perfect every day. And this is something that I tell my kids and they remind me of all the time. Like, you know, I'll ask my daughter, like, how was your day? And she'll be like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I da da, 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 da and I failed my test and I forgot this. And I was like and I usually respond by saying, well, good thing you don't have to be perfect every day. <laughs> um, I actually learned this from a dear friend of mine's daughter, um, her, my friend Diane Miserini, her daughter Ella years ago. Diane was was doing her hair early in the morning. Our kids were girls were probably in the second grade, and she was brushing Ella's hair and putting it in a ponytail. And she's like pulling it and pulling it, trying to get it all perfect and trying to get all the bumps out. Right and, and. Ella's sitting there and she's just miserable and she's like, "Ow, ow, mom, ow," and she's like, "You know, S- Ella, sit still. Like, I'm trying to get all the bumps out." And Ella <laughs> looks at her mom and says, "Hey, mom, I don't feel like being perfect today." And Diane shared that with all of us and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, that! I mean, out Sounds of the perfect. mouth of babes, yep. like." And so ever since then, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like being perfect today." So you don't have to be perfect every day. And thank you, Ella Mazzarini, for teaching us that. Um, Number 23, the two greatest gifts you can give your children. Number one is unconditional love. And number two is living a life that aligns with your words. Um, I would like to say I coined those, but I've actually learned that through a lot of reading and counseling and study. But I really believe that our kids are benefited greatly Number one, by loving them no matter what and, and reminding of them, reminding them of that often. And number two, like whatever you're trying to teach them and whatever you're trying to instill in them, like your actions have to align. You as the mom, you as the dad, those, whatever you're trying to teach them, whatever you're trying to show them, whatever you're trying to instill in them, your behavior has to align with that. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of hogwash and I think you probably do more harm than good. So love your kids unconditionally and live a life that aligns with your words. Number 24, it is okay to get angry. Um, I've re- You know, people get freaked out about, about anger. And, you know, uh, Jesus got angry. Like, Jesus got ticked as heck when he walked into the temple where you know which was supposed to be sacred and holy and a place of worship and and people had turned it into a a place to make money and jesus walked in that temple and he overturned all those tables why because he was mad and um and i i really you know, the, the Bible never says, do not get angry. It says other things about how we should respond to anger or how long we should be angry. But I don't think, I don't think it is wrong to get angry if somebody has hurt you or upset you or disappointed you. I think it's how we respond to that emotion that, that makes the difference. Um, but I don't think we have to feel bad or guilty because we got mad. Number twenty-five, your dog knows everything that's going on with you. Kevin, do you have a dog?
1: No. I've never had a pet. Okay.
0: <laughs> Kevin. You know I'm weird. <laughs> okay, well, that's another episode. Yeah, okay. But <laughs> we'll put a pin in that one. For now. But it is amazing to me how much my dogs know and what a blessing and what a gift it is that God created these little creatures who have this incredible intuition and through their intuition can just be such a gift and uh, of healing to us as humans. You know, when I, after I, um, after I lost Charlie, I had two dogs, Kevin, Fred and Buckley. And, um, and I would walk them, to the cemetery and every single time they would sit down, like, like be so respectful, like almost like lay down at their grave. Um, and after Charlie passed away, like, they do Char- know. Oh, they so know when, when Louisa passed away, we, they were such a important part of our family and our home and our life that we, we, brought them to the graveside um because we were like of all people who should be at this service it's our dogs and how old was charlie charlie was 8 months and so was louisa oh okay um but i mean they
1: just For some reason i thought charlie lived over a year no. i guess i remembered incorrectly yeah
0: hmm. but they i mean and they loved the kids and uh, the, the, the night that uh, Charlie passed away, Charlie used to always sleep on my chest, and the night that he passed away, our dog, Fred, was pacing the bedroom, like like going from side to side of the bed, like, <laughs> like he was looking for Charlie, and he would lick my tears away. Like, I mean... I have a thousand dog stories. Don't even get me started. Those are good. Um, yeah, but makes me wish I had more pets. Oh, you need a dog. Maybe I, when you get uh, married. At least is
1: a cat person, and I just I'm yeah. allergic, and I just me I can't too. come around on the cat. Yeah. I just I can't either. I told her I'd meet halfway and probably get a dog, but she's not a dog person. So I'm like, oh. well, the struggle continues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I can't be a cat person either because I'm allergic. But that's that's I know I know there are cat people and. Uh, they bring equal healing to sure people but but if you have a dog he knows everything that's going on with you um in fact one more quick story about fred my weimaraner wh- i knew i was pregnant with charlie because how fred was acting towards me see i've heard that before that yeah can
1: tell that kind of thing I,
0: I even said to my i was like i think i'm I think I'm pregnant, and he was like, "Why?" I was like, "The way Fred's the way acting Fre- towards <laughs> me." He's like, "What?" <laughs>
1: but you, were, but it was,
0: it was right, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was right. legit. Dogs know everything. <clears throat> Number twenty-six. There is nothing more attractive than a real man. Do you think you're a real man, Kev? I think so. I think you're a real man. Thank you. I totally do, and you know, what? let me tell you something. That's a huge compliment because there are so few real men in this world. Can
1: you elaborate on that one?
0: Yes, I will. So, so uh, right after I got divorced, I was having lunch with a dear friend of mine, Natalie, and she said, okay, like sky's the limit. Like you're, you know, beautiful, single, blah, 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 blah. What are you looking for? Like if you could, if you could like, if you could have anything in the whole wide world, what would you want? and, and, right in your next relationship. And all I said to her was I want a man. I want I want to be in a relationship with a man. Right. And she was like I know exactly She's like, well,
1: I kind of thought you were going that direction, <laughs> but
0: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But she was like I know exactly what you mean. And and you know there are so many and, and this is not a judgment, and I'm I'm not angry at these people. I just probably wouldn't date you. But there are so many, there are so many guys who are still dudes and frat boys, and that's what I thought you were gonna say. Yes, and and you know they're still stuck in this like childish little boy behavior and. You know, I'm just over that. I'm just...
1: I definitely did my fair share of that.
0: Well, and, and you know what? I think every cool guy has. Like, I think every every guy has to grow up. You yeah. know, every guy has... I mean, not every cool guy. I think every guy. You know, we we and every girl. Like, we all started somewhere. But at some point, like, you just got to throw off those childish things and, like become a man and, like, take responsibility for your life, your home, your your wife, like, your children, like, come home, be committed, like, do the right thing, you know, and... um 100%. I just, I think that, in fact, I'm going to have a podcast. I asked Mike McGuire, Natalie's husband, if he would come back in the near future and do an episode on... What it means to be a real man. Have uh, they both been on the show? Not Natalie. Oh, okay. Just Mike. Just right. Mike did the one on intention. Right. Um, a very
1: popular episode.
0: I know. Uh, one of our most popular. But I just, man, if you're, if, let me, and let me tell you something. I really think, well, maybe not all women are looking for a man, but I think all women who want something lasting are looking for a man. Because I think if, if you're not with a man, it's probably not going to last.
1: Yeah. That's just,
0: that's probably why I'm looking for a man. Probably. <laughs> I want it to last. And I'm going to end with this one, and I think you'll agree with me on this one too, Kev, that there is nothing more attractive than a confident woman.
1: That is very true. Absolutely.
0: I just, and and I'm sure science, there's some, you know, list somewhere that would back me up on that. But,
1: Absolutely, yeah. But,
0: you know, there, you can be beautiful. You can be a size two you can have the best job. You can, um, you can have. You can come from the best family. But if you don't have confidence, like it's it's kind of a uh, wah wah. It's something you
1: could almost immediately tell. I think you think so about a person. Oh yeah, I I think before you even meet someone, you can tell just by. Uh, a look or a walk kind of a, the way someone carries themselves most of the time with their they're confident or not, I think mm. uh, I think that's one of those things that you know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but it 's one of those that you can almost intuitively yeah. sense if someone's you know a comp- confident person or not I think it goes for both men and women
0: yeah, I think it's but but for whatever reason I think it's i think it because and and I know that guys i'm not trying to undermine what what guys have what guys are up against i know there's a lot of fear and insecurity with money and status and job and all of that but like you know the the way that i think here's i here's the difference i think with men and women men size up women women size up women what do you mean like i think I think that not only do women have to worry about what men think about them, I have to oh, I okay. think that they yeah. also have to worry about what women think about them. So I think that if you can rise above what that noise, you know, that noise, like if you can rise above, oh, what is everybody in the room thinking of me, and just embrace who you are and just be in your space and be confident in that, I think that that is that is a beautiful place to be because I think that it's really. I think that it can be really hard to be a confident woman because of all the—you got men judging you and looking at you. You got women yeah. judging and looking at you. Yeah, and, no, you're right. And you know, I know guys size up other guys, but it's just different. It's different. It is different, and and so I think that if, as a woman, you can rise above that and become confident. Oh, I mean, I've seen it in myself when I become. Unattractive. it's because I'm feeling insecure. Like the most unattractive that I am is when I'm feeling the most insecure.
1: I totally get that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there is nothing more attractive than a confident woman. So that's my list, Kev. All right. That's all I got. Important lessons that I've learned or been reminded of this year. And I hope... I hope that next year I learn even more and I wish all of you a uh, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and all kinds of blessings and joy in, um, in the very, very near future. I believe, just like what I say, that life is meant to be happy and healthy and abundant and I believe it's our job to get us there. So, go kill it! Happy New Year, Merry Christmas.
1: Thank you for listening to The Remedy with Tovacito. To get more information, sponsor an episode, or contribute to this program, please visit us online at tovasito.com slash podcast or find us on social media.